Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by a very surprising guest, one that's had a, a goalkeeping career that has spanned into the, the media and TV world. I'm absolutely buzzing to have him on. We've got Scott van der Sluis from Love Island. People are asking me what I do, and I actually don't know. Like, I've, I'm not retired from football, but I'm not playing at the moment, so it's, it's a bit of a weird one. I was a little bit of a, of a weird. I was a kid, I just like diving about and yeah. getting muddy and stuff. Follow Wrexham. Yeah. Um, they're like my second team now. Everyone says that, yeah. Exactly. I'm actually from North Wales. So yeah, I've so got, you can claim yeah, that properly. I'm not from like Leeds or something who's just seen the documentary. And that was my downfall in the end. I got into having too much of a life outside of football and I'd gone in without really training or anything and I think I was sick in the first session. And then I got a text that was like, so-and-so from ITV, we just want to have a chat about your Love Island application. I'm going to tell you the maddest thing now. You probably will never never experience this throughout being a goalkeeper coach again. He said to me, he was like, you're not going on Love Island, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to believe it, I am. What a save from Mark Howard. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you are subscribed and uh, give us a little like as well. It does help. Uh, today, I'm delighted to be joined by a uh, a very surprising guest, one that's had a, a goalkeeping career that has spanned into the, the media and TV world, that one that you probably don't know as much detail in. I didn't know as much detail in, but I'm absolutely buzzing to have him on. We've got Scott van der Sluis from Love Island. Welcome, mate. How are you, mate? You good? I'm very good. Thank you for coming in. No worries. It's, it's a weirdest good. link yeah. up, but obviously <laughs> you used to be a goalkeeper or you still yeah. are a goalkeeper. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one now because I'm like, people are asking me what I do and I actually don't know. Like I've... I've not retired from football, but I'm not playing at the moment, so it's, it's a bit of a weird one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I did grow up being a goalkeeper up until the, the last year Until or so, the yeah. last until, year that's yeah, been last eight eight months months so, Yeah, it's yeah. Been, been all over the place, yeah. Yeah, last year was pretty crazy for you, weren't it? <laughs> Just a little bit, yeah. It was a step into a different world. So you, you was playing football up until that May last year? Yeah, so I was play, play, yeah, playing for Shelburne in the League of Ireland <laughs> up until May, and then I was in the Love Island Villa about two weeks later. That's crazy. That I can't wait to actually hear the details of yeah. it and that. Yeah, but like I said, like 
not a lot of people on my audience will know that you used to be a goalkeeper and probably your audience wouldn't know the details of yeah. your mentality of being a goalie and what you had to sacrifice and stuff like that. So I can't wait to delve into all of that. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to kick off with some quick fire questions first. Just yeah, to stuff. Loosen, the, loosen you up a little bit. Right, catch or parry? Catch yeah. every day, yeah. See, what I love is like your love of Ireland, like people that like follow you, for they yeah. will not have a clue what they you're saying. They won't have a clue that. what's going That's on here. That's why I'm buzzing yeah. off yeah. this. Right, uh, favourite goalie kit colour? All black, all black. All black, yeah. yeah. Nice, don't mind that. Uh, are you a play out from the back or kick it long type? Play out from the back. Yeah, total football. Yeah, total he, football. Yeah, he yeah, come for a decent little academy yeah. as well. So, your favourite ever goalkeeper? I, I loved Casillas growing up. Nice. But yeah. Now I think Allison. I yeah. think Allison's a different level. Yeah, you're a Liverpool fan as well. Yeah, you? I'm a Liverpool fan. Yeah, so a bit biased. A little bit biased. But um, you a long sleeve shirt or short sleeve shirt? Long sleeve. Yeah, old yeah. school goalie. I like this black kit, long sleeve. Yeah, don't mind that, right? Who who do you think is the best in the world now? Alison. Alison, hands yeah. down. I think so. I like I try and with my football opinions, I try and sort of strip it back as much as possible, but Alison can just do everything. He's got everything, everything. every tool, uh, he's a beast as yeah. well. And like you're looking at some of the shots that again other people other keepers parry. He's catching everything. Yeah, it makes yeah. everything look so simple. Yeah. That's a that's a sign of a good goalie, mate. Yeah. Right, uh, last quick fire one, right? It's the last minute of game. You can either score a penalty, uh, score a goal or save a penalty. Score a goal. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> Thank you. I, I'm all. I'm on. I'm on that yeah. page. Yeah, it has to be. You've yeah, got to score just, a goal. Yeah, it's just we've all dreamt about it. Yeah. Right. Uh, obviously, I want to give a little shout out to your brother as well. Must be yeah. a bit of an inspiration to you, Wrexham as well. Yeah. So yeah, my brother, brother uh, came up the system in Amer- uh, America. My brother <laughs> came up the system system in uh, Wrexham. Um, yeah, I think it was about 2006, 2007. He was there, but. I must have been about six or seven. He used to basically uh, played football in the back garden with him and he just stuck me in goal and it was either go into the net with the ball or try and start saving it. Yeah. So that's how I became a go- that's how I became a goalkeeper, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Obviously, yeah. most people's backstories, but why goalkeeping? So just because your brother that, took yeah, you in the garden. It was that and I was a little bit of a, of a weirdo as a kid. I just like diving about and yeah. getting muddy and stuff. So yeah, yeah. and then I, I've not really got a story where I'm like, I was an outfielder and then suddenly I changed to a goalkeeper. I've just always been a keeper. Yeah, yeah. But you must have, obviously, to interact with your brother, he's what, yeah. eight, nine years older than you? Oh, no, he's he's 13 years older 13 than me. Years. Yeah, so he's so then, 36 But now. like for you to try and be with him and be cool with him, you yeah. going in goal and playing football was your best way of like... Yeah, into, like, that was literally what happened. I was going around playing Power Rangers and I didn't like football at all. Yeah. And then, yeah, suddenly... I was like, oh, I went to some of the games. I was like, oh, that's actually quite cool playing yeah. football. So, yeah, I ended up um, in the back garden saving shots from him. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously, uh, grew up in Connors Key, now yeah. in Wigan and that. Yeah. It's, it's, there's a funny little Welsh connection. Obviously, I'm at Wrexham now. Yeah. So, it's quite a nice little story, obviously, Connors Key on the border and that. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, not many people knew that I was from North Wales with, with the accent. It's it's a very English, yep. sort of Chester-sounding accent. Um but yeah, I feel like because I'm from so close to the border and I have to put up with the with the stuff from the English all the time, I'm more of a proud Welshman. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I follow Wrexham. Um, yeah. They're like my second team now. Yeah, every, I get down to the race course. Everyone so. says that. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I'm actually from North Wales. So yeah, I've got, so you can claim yeah, that properly. I'm not from like Leeds or something who's just seen the documentary. Yeah. So obviously going from playing football in the back garden with your brother, what made you then go, I tell you what, I want to get in a team. I want to find a team for me. Um, so he was a manager of uh, my local side in in Connorskey or, or Shotton, just like, just um, like the next sort of town over. Um, team called Aston Park Rangers, and I basically went in goal there, and I was just really good in goal. I went when I was seven now. Um, yeah, your brother he, prepared you for he's it. He prepared me, yeah. So he was the manager of that of that local side, and yeah, he. Um, he got like a scout from Wrexham to come up and watch me. So I, I ended up going to train with Wrexham. And then you know how it is in the pre-academy, the s- scouts who were working with all different yeah. clubs. So ended up training with uh, Wrexham, Everton, Liverpool, um, United. Doing the rounds, yeah. Doing the rounds, yeah. You know how it is with the with the younger keepers now. So yeah, yeah. that's how it all started, yeah. Just, yeah. just from my local team in North Wales. And d- did you end up joining any of those? I know you went to Man United at eight years old, but d- did you have like a Sunday league team that you was part of? Or? Well, that was the team. So the local team was, was Aston Park Rangers. Right, okay. um, yeah, they're just honestly a local side. I don't even know if they exist anymore, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so that's it. that was my local side. And then obviously at eight, I signed for Man United then. Yeah, so yeah. that's when 
you couldn't really play with your local side anymore. Things started to get a bit more real in the football yeah, world. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, and uh, obviously you was there for a year, but big Liverpool fan. Yeah. Liverpool then came knocking. Yeah, so there was um you'll know you do, do you know Mark Morris? Yes. So twenty three's coach yes. at Liverpool now. Um so he sort of trained me when I was when I was younger. I used to go for extra sessions and he'd just gone to Liverpool. So he he was in contact with, with my mum and dad and um yeah, they, he sort of spoke to my mum and dad and, and brought me over. And as soon as I heard Liverpool, I just wanted to be yeah. there. Like Fully uh, yeah, committed fully then, Fully committed, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, that's just that's just where I wanted to be. Yeah. Uh, and obviously doing your like uh, pre-academy stuff there, it's an unbelievable place to learn. Did you always think, right, this is the job, that this is what I want to do when I'm older? Or was there... It's, it's not easy, is it? Like, obviously the numbers mm. and stuff like that, of yeah. how many people are there. Like, turning up at Liverpool each week yeah. compared to Sunday League, so different. Oh, completely different. But because I'd been in it from such a young age, it just become second nature, and I just become. Com I think I just become a little bit complacent. Um, I'd never. I got asked sometimes, "What if football doesn't work out?" And in my head, that just wasn't a possibility. Like it was always just going to work out. Yeah. Um, football, and you hear the numbers. People come in and say, "Listen, you, you have little talks. Yeah, coming into the acad people coming into the academy, and they're like, listen, this is the amount of people, players that make it, and you always think you're going to be that one.' Um, I'm exactly that. I was like that." Yeah, and I, I think I feel like, especially in the the academy these days, or you only really hear the stories of the people who did make it. You don't really hear the stories of the people who just sort of fell out the game. So true. Yeah, I'm a little bit lucky now in terms of I have some sort of platform to talk about someone who didn't make it in the game. I didn't make it to where I I wanted to go, um, and I've took a different route. But there's many people who just had to get a normal job and. Yep. It's normally they all yeah. say are oh, an injury or yeah, one manager or it's not yeah. easy out there, especially for like the young audience that we do have. It's not easy. You have to knuckle down. It's hard work, and you're going to have a lot of rejections. And yeah, but these rejections you, you need to make make you stronger and strive for that next opportunity. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, it, yeah, you have to learn from a young age. Like I was when I was at Liverpool, so I went to. Raynell High School, um, which is where they bring the the young lads um, for like obviously their schooling, so they're all in one place. Um, so I had to move away from home during the week from the age of about eleven. Yep. And I look at it now, I'm like, I look at an eleven. I've got an eleven year old nephew, and I'm like, I could not imagine him <laughs> moving away during the week yep. and going to like a sort of full time football environment if you if you are living away. Some sacrifice it's, at that age. It's ridiculous, but I, I didn't think anything of it at the time. But yeah, it's. It's crazy, and you expect it to be mature from that age. Yep. Yeah, almost. You're not fending for yourself. You are looked after by a host family. Yeah. That, but it's not home. No, it's not home. No. And and I, obviously, I um I got on with my my host family. I loved them. Um, but yeah, still not the same as coming back to your mum and dad. Yeah, I suppose that makes you grow up quicker. But that's not always a great thing. But in terms of the football world, it does help because your maturity goes up. Your understanding of the game because you're more exposure that yeah. also grows. Yeah, no, it, it definitely it definitely did. Um, I definitely did have to grow up quicker, um, but especially in Liverpool. Especially, yeah. Well, <laughs> at, at Liverpool, yeah, it was it was quite strict to be honest. Um, I look back now and I I sort of blamed everyone else. Like, oh, I, I did this because there was a lot of off the field issues when I was at Liverpool. I did. Stupid stuff. Our age group was a little bit crazy. Um, not gonna lie to anyone. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we all just said some crazy stuff. Did some crazy stuff. Um, so it probably wasn't the best environment for a lad from North Wales who's from such like a local town to go yep. into all these streetwise kids who know what they're doing and get away with everything. And yeah. I felt like sometimes I was the one holding the smoking gun. Yeah, and yeah. I tried to blame everyone else for that. But now I look back and I'm like, yeah, I did make my mistakes. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it come, it come back to bite me on the arse, definitely. Yeah. Oh. But then obviously from there, then you then went to Swansea. Yeah. Uh, moved away from home full properly. Time. Yeah. Full time. Yeah. Yeah. Again, another huge step, but also a great step for your career because it's one to go. I think you did YTS there and stuff yeah. like that. And like, obviously you know that like, this is the best opportunity for me at a club that was at that time really on, on the yeah, forefront, on the weren't they? Yeah. yeah really yeah. good. So that must have been an incredible opportunity for you. Yeah, no, it was, um, yeah, again, the first time I moved away from home full time, um, the coaches were good to me and I knew a few of the players from being in the Wales setup from before it. So I felt like that was the easiest transition 
um, to going to moving away uh, away from home full time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you could you could see Swansea had just gained the Category One status. Um, you had some good coaches. I had um, uh, Andrew Sparks was my goalkeeper yeah. coach there, and you could see how much Sparks has been on the show. Oh, was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, you could see how much how, how in depth he went into his like his goalkeeping, his planning for sessions, yeah. and you sort of take take that for granted um, at times. But I suppose like it's not when you go away, yeah, age. not everyone is like that. To yeah. be fair, yeah. And sometimes I felt like at the time he was hard on me at times, but again, that would have only been for the better. Yeah. Um, but he left when I was going into my second year of my scholarship then. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe if he was there an extra year, maybe he would have been a little bit harder on me. I like I wouldn't have sort of strayed away from football activities. And yeah, he was definitely a good coach anyway. Yeah, and Swansea as a club, obviously, like I said, especially at that time, was on the rise. And obviously, with Brendan taking him and Martinez taking him to the Prem, and like yeah. it was obviously I've been there on loan for a month. It's a great club. Yeah, uh, but you're quite removed from everything in Swansea, aren't you? As a location. Yeah, but the maddest thing is where my town is. I'm Swansea's probably more in. There's more going on in Swansea than my local town, so yeah. it was a bigger city to me. Yeah, um, yeah, and that was my downfall in the end. I got into having too much of a life outside of football in Swansea, where I then started to focus on non-football. Wine Street, Wine Street. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it was actually. Yeah, there was a story with with Sparksy where um, I was seventeen at the time. <laughs> I'd gone into Wine Street. And um, yeah, I think it was the day before a game. This is how I got into the non-football sort of related matters. And I was out with my mates there and um, walked into a club and sat in the corner and I've seen Sparksy walk in. I'm trying to keep my head down like that. And he walks behind me and then he just comes up and taps me on the shoulder. I thought, oh, no, I couldn't. 17 have years old, not meant to be in here. I couldn't have fucked this up anymore. Yeah. Did he pull you straight away? He pulled me straight away, yeah. Um, and then he had a word the next day. So he just went next door instead? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I did go home then. But I used to like, um, I used to like sneak out the window of like my host family. Yeah. So, um, so they never even knew I was gone. Sometimes, like they didn't even have a clue I was in. I was in town that night. Um, but yeah, like so, I come away, come away from that night. I went into play the game the next day. Um, I can't remember. I think I did all right in the game, to be honest. That's how it always is, isn't it? So, um, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then on the Monday. He come up to me and he went, listen, we're not going to sort of tell anyone yep. about this. And then went upstairs then and suddenly the head of academy calls me in. I'm like, so actually basically said to me, like, we're going to brush this under the carpet, but only because you were drinking water at the time. And I actually was, but that was because I drank too much. <laughs> a glass of water. <laughs> um, and um, he went up and said the head of academy, I think I think he said it to the head of academy. He said he didn't, but... Um, was what it was and yeah. I went up and he sort of suspended me for three weeks then yeah. academy, which is what's going to happen but yeah that that's so basically Swansea anyway all back to the original point Swansea as a city drew me in too much and I made too many friends there as, and yeah I was too focused on sort of the life outside of football that, yeah yeah but that's yeah. not easy at that age at 17 uh, 16, 17, 18 to like yeah. move away from home like yeah. lose all your own family and friends mm. and then if you get in with the wrong crowd, and there ain't a lot to yeah. do when you're in digs and stuff, is there? No. Like, it's either sit at home, play PlayStation, or go out. Yeah, go and out. Like, yeah. Like, I'm not being funny. You can only go cinema a certain amount of times a week, <laughs> yeah. especially at 17. And yeah. the first thing you're going to do is go and find out where the girls are or, like, where the pubs are. That's what you're going to do naturally yeah. at that age. So that's it's never going to be easy. Um, after Swansea, though, did you find football changed for you? Because, obviously, once you have a couple of setbacks and yeah. that to then go and put yourself out there as your own person and not have the the big backing of a club to try and send you yeah. out on loan. It changes the perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so just before I left Swansea, I went to I went on loan to um, Merthyr Town yeah. in the Southern Prem. So that was my first experience in men's football. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is, this is serious now. Like players aren't just going to beat around you on corners. You're going to get flattened. Like, yeah. Um, but I, I loved it down at Merthyr, to be fair. Yeah. Um, then yeah, obviously I never got my never got my pro at Swansea, and I went on trial at West Ham then. Um, but it was yeah in the off season I'd not not done too much work. This is what I mean by that. I was so complacent with football. Yeah. Um, where I always had in the back of my head that it was just gonna happen. Yeah. Without making it happen. Yeah. And I'd gone in without really training or anything, and I think I was f sick in the first session. Um, 
And yeah, that's what I mean. I just didn't take take some of the opportunities that came about as I should have done. And yeah. I didn't, again, at the time, you don't realise it, but you look back now and you you think, oh, if only I'd have done this, if only I'd have done that. Yeah. Do, do you, I'm not saying that you should have called on your brother more and like relied mm. on his experiences. You know, sometimes it's embarrassment yeah. in yourself that you don't want to pick up the phone and say, where am I going wrong? Or like, yeah. do you think you could have done that? Um, a little bit, but I, th I don't think my brother ever had the experience of moving away from such a at such a young age, so he yeah. didn't understand that because it was it was never football or my footballing ability that was a problem. Yeah, um, it was always like yeah, distractions, distractions, yeah. And when he was my when he was or my age at the time, he was always at home, so yeah. he always had mum and dad to sort of give him a kick up the arse to yeah. make sure he's not doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Whilst I didn't have that. Yeah, um, I was literally, yeah, on my own. So he wasn't making his own decisions at that age. He was mum and dad were keeping him, yeah, sort of ticking over. Whilst yeah, it, was, it weren't the same for me. So when the trial at West Ham didn't go as well as planned, then yeah. what what was the next steps? Uh, West I've got Ham, here. I've where got here. Northwich, Victoria, Runcorn, Linnets, and the yes. So we actually, we actually, I actually, I went on trial uh, at Salford for a bit. Um, and yeah, I've trained unbelievable. The first week, um, it was under a guy called Warren Joyce. Yep, Warren uh, Joyce. Yeah, yeah, big, big sort of name in academy football and um, probably even first team football to be yep. fair as well. I trained unbelievably. He brought me in. I trained unbelievably, and then I went to do um, a game with the first team. It was like a mixed game, or was it like twenty threes against first team? Or Did something? you train with Carlo Nash, the first team goalie coach? Yes, I had a couple he of kicks sessions. The ball so hard, oh my mate. god, yeah, that was a ridiculous. Yeah, and you have to try. You have to catch it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, and before the game, this is this is the one thing where I'm like, it's the maddest excuse ever. I lost my toenail before the game. <laughs> I couldn't kick the ball. <laughs> so every time the ball was coming back, I was trying to find a way to play out, even if it wasn't on at all. Because every time I kicked, like, kicked the ball, agony. it was absolute agony. And yeah, I didn't have a great game at all. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Then that was... Warren had sort of put me up to the first team manager and said, listen, this is... Because they had to make all the decisions to even go into the B team. Yep. And, um, yeah, it just he obviously see me in that game. He was like, nah. And then, yeah, I ended up in non-league football then. Yep. How hard is it uh, going into non-league football? Non-league football's tough, isn't it? Oh, it, yeah, it's it's ridiculously tough because yep. you then... when Again, when I went on loan to non-league from Swansea, you always have that protective parent glove. Yep. Now I was on my own. I yep. was like, that's that gaffer there, that's my gaffer. If you don't like me, I'm out. Yep. And, and the contracts well. aren't watertight, they're not no. concrete. If they don't like you, they can just bin they're you. They're gone, yeah. And you've got the other scenario as well where if they do have a keeper who is under contract, you literally, and and he does end up putting you, you can't can't put a foot wrong yep. because they will do anything. The club or the people above the manager will make that player on the contract be in. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's it was it was definitely a learning curve for me. Yeah. Um, but it made it did did make me better as a goalkeeper. Yeah. And then you had a uh, spells at Banger uh, as well. Yeah. So I went back into sort of Welsh football. I my brother had played for Banger, and I was like, they're a big club. Yeah. I'm I think I was nineteen at the time. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go back there, and they offered really good money, money which they they then ended up they couldn't pay in the end. Um. So yeah, I went there, played well, and then I did my MCL after about two weeks. So I was out for six months. Um, come back for about two games. They'd made me club captain at this point as well. Come back for about two games, and then the club was like suspended from all competitions. So it was a, it was definitely a wild. Yeah, you, wild you've had a few, like obviously scenario, like a yeah. few difficult situations then to come through. Uh, I know I spoke to you about it off air, but yeah. COVID was another one. Like coming yeah. through any academy or trying to break into first team. At, yeah, during that period never going to be easy for anyone yeah oh no definitely there's actually so banger was after covid but just before covid um i managed to get a trial at, um wigan with their 23s there and went in did really well um and then obviously covid hit and the financial situation at wigan hit as well yep um where i actually think that's the one out of all the trials i'd been on i'd been to sort of yeah west ham salford uh been up to accrington but a few places, that was the one where I was like, do you know what, I probably could have got something there yep. um, without COVID. But obviously it's all this, but some maybes. Cause, Just a bit of bad luck yeah, as well. Yeah, a bit yeah. of bad luck, yeah. Um, so I'm like, yeah, it's, it's, it's 
it is what it is. You just yep. got to move on from it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, re representing Wales as well, you represented yeah. Wales through the youth system and that, and you actually won yeah. the Victory Shield. Yeah. Would you say that's the highlight so far of your career? Um, Footballing-wise? That must have been ma incredible. Match-wise, yeah. yeah. Um, in that team, there were some players who, well, Ethan Ampadu. Yep. Um, where's he at? He's, I think he's at Leeds now. Leeds now, yeah. Um, ben Cabango starting every week for Swansea. Yep. Um, Rabi Matondo, I think he's at Rangers. Yep. So there was there were some decent players in Unbelievable that age group. Um, but yeah, that was that was definitely an experience because that was the year above me. I was playing as well. Right. Okay. Um, so that was yeah the two thousand age group, and I'm a two thousand and one born. Yep. Obviously, international it works differently yeah, it with does, age yeah. groups. Um, so yeah, I, I think I only played one game, which was against Ireland. But yeah, I remember how we won it. I think we went one 0 down as well in the final game. Yeah, and then turned it round to win three one. So Close. yeah, it was it was it was definitely a great experience. Yeah, yeah, unreal. Obviously, representing your country at any level and at any age groups, incredible yeah. achievement. Do you still do you look at that now and go, I wish I could taste more of that, or like if yeah. your career did pan out slightly different? Because obviously, you look at the Wales squad now and. Yeah. Like, there's never, ever been loads of strength in depth anyway, so there would have been real opportunities for you. Yeah, possibly, again. This is another one where off-the-pitch stuff messed it up for myself. Yeah. Cause it's good that you're so honest about the off-the-field stuff. You're not, yeah, you're not like deflecting it, it you're just going... I up. think at the time I never was honest. I was never honest enough, and I think that was probably frustrating for most of the coaches I worked with, and if any of them are listening to this, they'll think, oh, it's finally got through to him, but it's yeah. way too late. Um, but now you look back and you're like, yeah... Okay, it is a very demanding thing to make a, someone that young who's living away from home have this much, uh, make make them make this much sacrifice. But it's got to be done, and yeah. uh, I only have myself to blame for that. But yeah. anyway, yeah, going back to uh, just finished under sixteen level, uh, Wales had always loved me. Even I didn't really play that. I, I don't think I was ever that great at, at Swansea 15, 16s, but I always sort of played well for Wales. And season had finished at under 16. And I remember I sat at GCSE um, on the 6th of June now and come back from a GCSE. I'm on the way home and I get a phone call from Tony Roberts. And he's like, um, we're doing small-sided games tomorrow. I'm 16 at the time. And we're doing small-sided games tomorrow. Will you come up and train with us? No way. That's so I was incredible. 16 and I got to train. And, and they, that lot there, they were my heroes as well because yeah. the year before, they just got to the Euro semi. That's and incredible. I was a fan in a fan part watching them. And then suddenly... I was training with them. Um, so, yeah, there was there was Danny Ward, there was Hennessy, and um, Owen Fon Williams yeah, as well. Yeah, Owen, yeah. Um, and, yeah, we went into small-sided games, and Bale wasn't there, which is the one thing I'm like, oh, only could have trained with Bale, but Ramsey was. Yeah. Um, and we did that, and after we were, we had dinner, we were all sat around the table, and, like, they were asking me questions. They were no like, way. Like, how old is he? Like, I'm 16. And I was like, they knew I was, like, a, a, pup. a pup, a nervous little kid that was sat around, like, all players yeah. who you sort of looked up to. That's um, class, that, though. But I'd say, like, looking back as a whole, the career that I sort of had, um, that's, prob that's probably my highlight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't know th I don't think anything that I probably could do in football from now would sort of ever top that and th that just how I felt in that moment right okay before we uh, go on to move into Ireland and that yeah uh, I'm going to do our quiz goalie or no goalie okay my missus actually told me then to say I've got a text <laughs> just I was like it's so cringe <laughs> uh, right so I've actually changed yours so it's a uh, goalie or no goalie is how you okay. respond but I've done uh, five current international goalkeepers that are going to be at the AFCON and five former Love Island contestants what? from all series what? So I want you to say goalie or no goalie still. Right. Into, oh, right. Right. I see what you're saying. So you're I've saying. got 10 right, names. Got you, got you, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've made yours a bit easier. Okay. Yeah. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. But because I've yeah. made it a bit more difficult with the AFCON, I've done Love okay. Island themed. Okay. Yeah. Normally I do celebrities from around the world and it could be anyone. Okay. Right. So we'll start off. Number one, Mo Kamara. Goalie. He is a goalkeeper for yeah. Sierra Leone. Yes. Yeah. Well played. One. Let's get the scores up. Do you reckon you'll know all the Love Island ones? I think that's how I should get all these. All the other ones, yeah. yeah good, yeah, right. Number two, Idris Virgo. No goalie. He's not a goalkeeper. Yeah. Series four from Love Island. Number three, Anthony Mandrea. Goalie. Goalkeeper, yes. Algeria goalkeeper. You're going to fly at this, aren't you? I've yeah. made this far too easy for you. <laughs> right, number four, Kaz Kamwe. No goalie. Why? Because she's just been announced on the New All-Stars <laughs> one. So yeah, nice. She, can't announce she was ago. in a Love Island Series Se 7. 7, yeah. Right, number five, 
Omar Sultani. I'm going to say goalie for one of the North African nations. He is not a goalkeeper. Is he not? He was in Series 1 of oh, Love Island. Oh, I know. I'm not going to know any of the Series 1. That's yeah. the last way you might get me out. Nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Right. We'll crack on. Number six, Ibrahim Kone. Goalie. He is a goalkeeper, yeah. yeah. He plays for Guinea. Right. Number seven, Richard Afari. Goalie. He is a goalkeeper yeah. as well. He is a Ghana and Orlando goalkeeper. Flying in. Absolute piss this. <laughs> right. Number eight, Denon Lewis. No goalie. Recognize that name. Love Island Series 5. He now actually plays for Woking. I don't know. He's a fullback. I don't recognize him, but recognize the name more than Yeah, him. nice. Casra Moore, yeah. yeah. They get me out on some Casra Moore. Yeah. Because they come in for three days, and if they don't get anyone to take them back to the villa, they go. So you oh, really right. Okay, them. yeah. Right, number nine, Maury Diaw. Goalie. He's a goalkeeper for Senegal. One more, number 10, Kane Reed. No goalie. Series nine. Series Kassara nine, Moore, yeah, nice you. Rightly, yeah. Nine out of 10. Yeah. Very good guy. I'll take that, that I'll take that. Obviously a little Love yeah. Island theme then. Right, uh, before we start going on to the Love Island stuff then, you moved over to Ireland for Shelburne. Yeah. At 22. Uh, you kept a clean sheet in your in your debut in the cup. Yep. Did you go out there with expectations to play more games than you did? Um, no, obviously I'd been in the non-league system um, and I've got a friend called um, Daniel Hawkins who was over there. Um, he's now at Haverford West in, in the Welsh League. But yeah, he, so he was over there and he, there was a lad called Lewis Webb um, who was on loan from Swansea at the time, goalkeeper now, and he'd just gone back. So Dan... Um, my mate had a word with uh, the captain who then had a word with the manager um, and said, listen, I've, I've got this keeper here. Um, my, my, one of my mates is a keeper. Would, would you want to have a look at him? Yeah. So suddenly I get a text from, from Damien Duff then. That's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah. And then the goalkeeper coach as well. And, and the next week I'm over in Dublin, um, sleeping on a single bed on the floor in, in my mate's in your room. room. <sighs> yeah. Um, I was like, that's what I've got to do. I was like, I'm Sacrifice not going to get a hotel. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm a non-league player now. I'm not, I, I had to... Humble myself and be like, yeah. I'm not, I don't, I'm not worthy of a hotel. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was like uh, staying on the floor of, of my mate's room and had a, uh, the trial. Obviously, went well then. Well, yeah. So two days later, anyway, I, uh, I get a call and Gaff was just like, I've seen enough. Like, we want you to sign over here, and he had the intention of then um, giving me a chance at number one. Um. But I again, I'd, I'd not played in. This was so the Irish season goes through from February to November. So yeah. this was about July time. Or June, yeah, about July. Um, so I'd not played in about three months then. So he put me in a 19s game and I was playing really well as well. And um, really warm day. And I, someone struck one at me and I've like parried it out and they scored the rebound. I was like, oh, that, that's the one thing I did wrong in the game. I was like, yeah. if that didn't happen, I was like, I might have had a shot at number one here. Yeah. But from that moment, I sort of settled as a number two. I was like, I'm living in Dublin. It was a city which I enjoyed living in. I'm, I'm playing full-time football. I'm getting paid as a Who doesn't love footballer. to go to Temple Bar, by the way? Yeah. Well, then again, it's very touristy now, Temple yeah. Bar. Yeah. I I, I like the uh, the Irish accent on the girls, so that was half the reason I like living there. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought sort of settled as a number two. And yeah, full-time football, full-time paycheck. So yeah, I was just sort of settled. Um and it comes to the end of that season, and the new season came around then, and the the number one uh, then went. He went to Galway, and Galway's keeper came to to Shelburne. And I looked at some of the clips. Um, he'll probably end up listening to this, so like I, I think I've told him it to to his face. But I looked at some of the clips of um, the season before. I think he'd he sort of cost the team in uh, Galway in the playoff. Yeah, um, had a poor game, so I was like, right, I've got a shot at it. I'm going to work as hard as possible. Um, and yeah, I just I went for it, um, and I think we played eight preseason games, four each, and we probably on an even keel. Yeah. But he would have been on more money. He would have been. He's obviously he's been brought, brought in. in he's yeah. been brought in. He started the season as number one. I was like, yeah, but I might get a chance here, and he went on to win keeper of the year. Honestly, I can't say a bad word. He had a no brilliant way. season, and Fair the point. best thing is he's a great lad as well. Yeah. Like I, out of all the goalkeepers I've ever been competing with, he's the one I've got on got on with the best. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, so he's he's gone on to win keeper of the year. Um, Connor Kearns, his name is. Yeah, so let's give him a little shout out. On yeah, him. nice, cool. Um, but I, I think he'll get over to England at some point. He's yeah. one of the biggest kicks I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. If we're talking eighty yards. The Irish lads do kick it far. It's a yeah. Gaelic though, isn't it? Yeah, that's what that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. We'll know what they're doing with it. So, so then obviously uh, you're saying that obviously uh, he played that season and had an unbelievable year. Are you thinking right? I, I'm staying here to compete until you got a weirdest phone call ever. Um, yeah, so when obviously he won Keeper of the Year, I wasn't there for five months of it. I'd already had this phone call. So I was oh, there right, for okay. about three months. Um, number two, I'd played cup games and I don't think I actually conceded a goal um, in any of the cup games I played either because yeah. there's a thing that's not actually put down on the stats is a thing called the Leinster Senior Cup. And I played two of them games, did all right. And I was like, if there is ever a problem, I was like, I can come in and yeah. I'll back myself to go, and, to go and do a good job here. Um, but yeah, then a phone call came from ITV. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Talk, talk us through how this all came about then. So uh, for Series 8, so um, a girl I'd used to see was on um, was on Series 8. I'd seen her like two years before it. Um, and I was like, oh, I'm going to apply for a laugh here. Like nothing serious, but I didn't do the full application. And um, yeah, I just put my name down, put my number down and then never heard anything from that. But a year, a year later... I um I get a phone call and I don't answer it because I didn't know the number. Any yeah. number I don't know, it's not saved. I don't answer it. I'm the same. I um, answer it. But then I got a text. It was like so and so from ITV. Um, we just want to have a chat about your Love Island application. I'm like, I haven't applied for Love Island. <laughs> anyway, give them a ring back. Um, and they're like, yeah, we, we like we like what we've seen because you, you when you do the, the first part of the application, you have to put a few photos down. You have to tag your Instagram. Um, so they'd seen my Instagram, and they were like, yeah, we, we like the look of you. We want to do a Zoom call. So I end up doing a Zoom call, and then you're like, yeah, at that point, you know how many people that you hear, oh, I could have got on Love Island, yeah, I could have yeah, done yeah. this, I had, I had the phone call for Love Island. So at that point, I'm just like, oh, it's funny. It's a story to tell the lads about, about in the changing room. Like, um, Was you telling the lads, or was you keeping it a secret no, until you No, no, if more? it didn't, if nothing come about, I would you have. would have done, There yep. was a couple of lads who I did tell who were on board. Yeah. I've got my best mate who I took to training um, every morning, like called Shane Farrell, and one of the lads who, who I live with called Mark Coyle as yep. well. Um, so they were sort of in the loop. They must have been cracking up laughing at you. Oh, they they, they couldn't believe it. They thought it was taking a piss. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine um, So, yeah, I kept them two in the loop. And obviously I'd had the call. Um, you know, and you don't think anything's going to happen of it. And a couple of days later, I get a call and say, listen, we want to fly you over. The execs want to meet you. We want an interview in London. So I, I come to the lads. I was like, you're not going to believe this. I want me to fly to London. Um and they were like, well, you can't, you've got training. I was like, well, I can, because I can do it on a Wednesday. Yeah. Like we, we, so we trained Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, in Thursday, game Friday. Yep. Um, like, yeah, I can do it on a Wednesday. I can fly over on the Tuesday night. And they were just pissing themselves about it. They were having a great <laughs> laugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I, they rang me up. with like, when can you, uh, Love Island now rang me up and said, um, like, when can you do it? I was like, oh, I can only really do a Wednesday. I was like, I've got to keep this under wraps. I can't miss training for illness or anything. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, we, we can do a Wednesday. Um, Flew over on the Tuesday night, stayed, did the interview. Um, didn't hear anything for a week or so. I gave them a text. I was like, is anything going on? And they were like, yeah, we'll let you know. Um, they were like, we'll let you know. It was one of them almost like, we'll let you know texts as in, you know, people do as it's in. It's quite loose, isn't it? Got, yeah, actually yeah, yeah, going to yeah. let you know. And then suddenly again, the next day or something, they were like, yeah, you need to fly for your medical. I was like, this is this could happen now. Did the medical. Um, so, But then, you're arranging all these flights back and forward. No, no, the Love Island are paying for it. Yeah, I know, so, but, uh, um, but I'm doing in between the, days, the training session. In between sessions, yeah, wow. every Wednesday. So no coaches had any idea until this. And then, yeah, um, I did the medical, and then you basically go into... After you do the medical, there must be... There's still a massive selection process for it of loads and loads of people, probably three, maybe 300 or something, yeah. I think. Um, and then they have to, like... PowerPoint present each profile of each person to the execs, and wow. then they sort of pick. Whittle it down. Yeah, they whittle it down based on sort of Looks, who you like, what your type is, yep. what your personality is, who would fit with who, what, how, where could we fit you into the storyline. Um, then they do that, and suddenly I got a phone call to say, listen, we want to fly you out. So at that point then, I'm like, right, I've got to tell the captain, I've got to tell the the goalkeeper coach. That must be one of the most nerve-wracking oh, things. Horrible. Pulling a gaffer. It wasn't, normally it's like, can I get in the team? I want games. But to yeah. pull, pull the gaffer and say, I'm going on Love Island. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, it was it was a wild thing. Like, I, I told the captain first and I went, I just keep it under wraps for now. Once I got the first the phone call to say, listen, we want to fly you out. 
And then I think it was when I got the date of the of when I was flying out. That's when I went to the goalkeeper coach at first. Yeah. I just pulled him after training and I was like, I, like I knew it was my last session, and I was like, like I've got to tell you something. Like I'm I'm gonna be flying to. Oh no, it wasn't my last session. It was I had I had a week after that. Sorry, I played. I did I did go on the bench for another game. Um, and yeah, I pulled him into the into the cabin, and I was just hoping the manager didn't walk in because they they're all in like the same sort of porter cabin. Yeah. And um, I was just hoping the manager didn't walk in. I was like, um, I'm going to tell you the maddest thing now. You probably will never never experience this throughout being a goalkeeper coach again. And he said to me, he was like, you're not going on Love Island, are you? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you're not going to believe it, I am. Yeah. And I think he was happy He was happy for me in a way. But obviously, I was the number two at the time. So he yeah. understood why I was doing it. Yeah. Um, he obviously then, I said to him, I was like, should I go and tell the gaffer myself or would you relay it to him? And he was like, I think it's best I relay it to him for now. Um, so yeah, he relayed it to him and I didn't hear from the manager. Uh, sorry, we had the game and then we had train on the Monday, I think, and the manager just walked past me, didn't talk to me at all. Like, pretend like it was like it didn't exist. And then come round to it, I think we'd lost on the Friday and then we come round to it and he was in a little bit of better mood by the Tuesday. So then I went and spoke to him and he was like, he was actually all right about was it. He, uh... Yeah, he actually wasn't too bad. Um, and he was like, do you know what? I'm uh, never watched anything other than football in my life, but you're giving me something else to do. So, um, so yeah, it all it all came good anyway. Yeah. And yeah, I ended up having the last game, getting the ferry back over with all my stuff from from where I was living, oh, yeah, going you'd, home. You'd have to pack up and as if you'd just not coming back. Th- all within three so days. So they terminated your contract? No. See, this is this is actually where the story gets. It, the other side of Love Island, this is where the story gets a little bit funny. Um, so they hadn't terminated it, but obviously I wasn't getting paid. I must have, I mean, technically it would have been, I was just getting punished and punished and punished, like like docked my full wages every week because I wasn't turning up to training, okay. even though I was obviously on TV. Um, <laughs> so then there was, um, just towards the end of the season, then the keeper, keeper got a calf injury, the first choice, and the keeper they brought over, um, this is after the Love Island, by the way. Um, yeah, the keeper got a calf injury. The second keeper come in, didn't have a great game. And then I'd gone over to commentate on that game. No way. Um, on the League of Ireland TV. And I was speaking to the manager after it. He's like, are you fit? Like, oh, how, how are you thinking? How, how are you keeping? I was like, I'm, I'm not going to lie, Gaffer. I've not trained in a while. Um, and he was like, um, "Like, there's there's a possibility. Like, you could play the last game of the season. No, this this is where it all becomes intense. <laughs> last game of the season, Shelburne need to win to qualify for Europe. No way. Um and it turned out anyway that basically if they'd have played me, there was some weird thing with the contract where yeah. if they'd have won qualify for Europe, Bohemians then could have appealed to the league. The and league like, right, so yeah. They, yeah. And so they didn't risk it. And I think they just give the keeper painkillers and yeah, inje- injections. And that would have through. been mad. Yeah, that. and he, uh, you could see he couldn't kick during it. Yeah. Anyway, and this is the lad with probably the best kick in the league and he couldn't kick during it. But I, I went in the away end. It was it was Drogheda away. I went in the away end and... They won and qualified for Europe in the end. So oh, amazing. It's been a pretty wild year for Shelburne. Yeah, right. Uh, as I was saying to you off air, I've never watched Love Island. Go on. Until like last night, I was like, I've got to do my <laughs> research. I started watching it. And like, for me, that's never seen it. it. There's so much. The first thing that surprised me is you've all got decent gear on. I say, <laughs> if you've all come from like normal backgrounds, how, how have you all got decent gear or do they provide it all? Provide a little bit, but most of it's yourself, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, why the hell is it all of you got the best teeth in the world? I got my done before. Going yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, that's what I wanted to know. Did you get your teeth done I to got go my, in? I got composite bonding done on my teeth, yeah. Yep. Um, Did everyone? Because everyone's got worldy teeth, haven't they? No, I, th- I don't. I actually don't know. I, we don't really talk about it with yeah. each other. Um, but I was watching they it. Could like, have. Some of them, because some of them could have gotten done. Well, yeah. I, I suppose if you know that you're going to get that level of exposure, you yeah. need to look at your best. So you no, probably started. Like I started, I was gymming every gymming single day. Every single day. Months, yeah, I got my teeth tanning. Um, tanning, I don't really tan that well, so yeah. I was probably the whitest one on there. But um, yeah, you, you try and go through a whole process because you're like, this is happening. I'm going to be in the eyes of the country here. Yeah. Um, Do you get a list of requirements from them? You know, like obviously like the clothing stuff, it has to be like unbranded yes, stuff. So and... It has to be unbranded, yeah. yeah. The only way it can be branded is if eBay bring it in. Right, That's okay. the only way it can be branded. But any of your own stuff, yeah, it can't be branded at all. Like, you could have this, yes. like, writing on it, but you just can't have the brand. Yeah, okay, right. Um, so that's why most of it was unbranded. And yeah. anything branded you did see would have been from eBay who sponsored the programme. So. Right, okay. 
What, so you, you, would you get like a, a shopping list that you can actually pick from or is it just your own no, gear? No, you just have your to own buy gear it? and you just have to be, you get like a, yeah, the requirements has to be unbranded. There's a lot of pressure on that, that then. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Because obviously it's a popularity contest. Yeah. So you've got to make sure that you're looking at your best at all times yeah. in the new gear every day because you can't really be seen wearing it twice because you're on TV. You can about two or three weeks later you yeah. get away with it. But if, if you do anything which you know is going to be an iconic moment in yep. a certain outfit, you can't then wear it You just it again. have to like bin that gear and go, right, that's no, that done. Like, I just, you, you, you just have to mix it up the next time you wear it. Yeah. Um, you couldn't wear it fully again. Whilst if it's a day where you don't really do anything, and you sort of know, you're like, have I had a moment tonight? Um, you sort of know. If there's nothing that's really gone on, you can like, I can wear that again in yeah. two weeks' time, as long as you're not dumped. Yeah. Did you love the experience? I did, yeah. No, I did. It was... Um, yeah, six weeks without your phone. Like, I, I come out after it, and I was like, people were telling me what's going on in the real world because they didn't tell us anything. I didn't know I didn't know about the submarine. Complete media blackout. submarine yeah. going down to the Titanic. I had no idea about that for four weeks, um, and that was meant to have been, like... Massive news. Massive news at the time, and we had no idea. Liverpool signed, signed Shob Shobishlai. Yeah. Um, looked at how uh, Wrexham game had got on. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, Rex Oh, you were playing in the States. Yeah, oh, right. Played over Chelsea yeah, United yeah. in the States, yeah. yeah. Um, Wales had had qualifiers so yep. you're asking all this you're like this is like something from a movie where you're, you're coming out up. and you're like people are telling you the world news it's like one of the movies where you you just isolate yourself from the world and you're coming back up and everyone's telling you what's going on And three, yeah. three weeks then without your phone what's that really like? three weeks I didn't mind but I did six. Oh, you did six I right, did okay. six yeah so three weeks I didn't mind but the last three they dragged yeah 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 that was that was long so do you have any like uh manage to speak to your family at all no no, so no yeah, it's just a, a blackout yeah they have a friends and family day where yep. they come in about but that was five weeks in oh okay so my mum and sister came in the villa nice and obviously after no contact with anyone from my own from reality yep um it's called reality tv but it's not your reality yeah um yeah, yeah so no contact so i i cried when they came in i was like just to see a familiar just to face see familiar yeah, faces, yeah, yeah. yeah like it was one of the most emotional moments I've had, like, yeah, um, yeah, like it is. It's mentally draining. It's mentally like you're fully immersed in it. Fully yeah, immersed yeah, yeah. in it. Yeah, like it's it's a it's a just a crazy experience. You must create some bond though, living with people, and it's that intense. You know, like yeah, you have yeah. a housemates and no, you do. Yeah, like I know you said that you're going to meet someone later on, yeah. and like it's not. It must be amazing because you'll make proper friends because you never get an opportunity to live with people for that long. Yeah. in the real world, I think it's also like there's little things behind the scenes where there's there's certain involvements from like people behind the scenes, and like you can't talk about them to the public, but we know like what's happened. We're the only ones who lived that experience. Yeah. Yeah, like, no, I like, can't even talk to your family because they don't understand when we're saying, like, oh, we went to Beach or oh, we had a little chat out front the door, out, outside the front door. Like, we're the only ones who know what that means and yeah. the context behind it and different stuff. And yeah, we just we just lived the most amazing experience for for six weeks. And yeah, I, just, I don't think I'll ever, I won't ever forget it. Yeah. Like, it is how much of that is scripted, though? Or do I they wasn't... just put you in scenarios and then say, right, you now talk? Yeah, like, obviously, um, with reality TV, like it's it's got to make good TV. Like sometimes you sort of push to go and have a conversation earlier than you'd want to, or sometimes you'll be stopped from having a conversation because they've got another conversation going on. They need all the cameras on that, and you'll just be get told to pause that to pause that a little bit. And and yeah, like they they have to make good TV. So yeah, they're like it's we have that a little bit with yeah. the the Wrexham documentary yeah. where like you have natural conversations with people. And they will then walk in halfway through a conversation and ask you to restart it. Yeah. So yeah, like, that and that, happen, yeah. that happens all the time. So I, I remember when we signed uh, Owen O'Connell, and like it was, I was talk, chatting to him about golf and stuff and about living in London. And then they walked in halfway through. It's like, right, can you restart all that? And he was like, Yeah. Where it's awkward mm. at first, and yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, right, I better start doing. And then you like go through the motions, and it it almost yeah. felt like you're being fake, even though you because you knew mm. all the answers to the questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to try and like put on a. But I can imagine it's quite similar in that sense of like they tell you, right, you two need to go for a chat. And you're like, we don't really need to have a chat. We've just had it. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, as in like redoing the yeah, chat. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that all, what they'll do is they'll like, you'll chat for a bit and then you'll like, they'll say, just talk about this. Like, this is something we need to cover. Because obviously they'll have shown something from the previous day. Yep. And then we haven't spoke about that the next day. And it just makes 
it makes sense to us, but it makes no sense on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like, just just cover this little thing to so it makes sense to yeah. to, to, to the people. But yeah, like you would never, they'd never really push you to have a chat with anyone you completely didn't want to have a chat with. Yeah, like yeah. it's they don't force you to do anything. It's not you don't read from a script or they tell you what to do or anything. Yeah. It's just. It's just reality TV, people making yeah. reality TV. And it does take its toll on you, like, mentally having to deal with all that. But it's completely understandable why they do it. And many people have come out from the show and sort of complained about how they were treated or that it's had a massive impact on their mental health. And I can sort of see why that would come across. But at the same time, you knew what you were getting yourself in for. Like, this yeah. is that's what one a of TV things. show that the country watches. So, But I, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is that more uh, because your circumstance change? You know, like your popularity, your fame, the attention changes. So then it's mm. like, because you've come out a total different person yeah. in the public's perspective, that must be difficult to deal with. I found coming out to it with all the attention not too bad. Um, I had a thing with a girl on there and the public wanted us back together after we come out. Um, and like, that wasn't too bad. Like we, that sort of brought us closer. And that, that was quite crazy to deal with because like people were like sort of screenshotting my stories. Like when I was actually on the flight to go and do the American one, I was in LA and then the girl who everyone wanted me back with put a photo up in an airport and they were like, oh, they're going to see each other in, in LA. Yeah. yeah. There was actually a thing where me and that girl were put on a billboard in Times Square. No way. It's the craziest story, yeah. And I didn't think it was real, but it turns out it was real. Someone had paid for a billboard of like highlights of me and this girl in Times Square. Um, <laughs> so everyone thought we were going to America and we were gonna go and see this billboard for ourselves, but I was then on the way to That's go and bombshell the American version so, so of the show. when you left the UK one then, and you've, you've left yeah. the villa, and then, yeah. have you, do you fly home? I fly, yeah, yeah so I fly home. I fly home. I'm back how long were you, so, how long were you at home for before you got the call from America? I got the call pretty quickly, about three days. Um, but I'd, um, yeah, I'd gone to, the reunion and there's like a reunion a week later and I didn't I wasn't sure I wanted to do it at that point to be honest I'd made like people around me aware I'd made the girl I was with aware at that point that it could happen um but then they got a call another two days after the reunion and they're like right we need this to happen you need to fly out now um this is the figure that we're offering you and people like think that like in the UK one you get 375 pound a week yep um and the American one the Americans do get a weekly wage but for me it was different like i got a one-off figure like a lump um, sum yeah like a lump sum yeah. yeah um that was like i couldn't turn it down at the time yeah um because the salary yeah. in football anyway at any level it ain't yeah. great unless you're in the premier league so yeah to be a number two in ireland and like yeah. being around the welsh leagues this is an opportunity you can't turn down like financially i'm i'm better than i've been in my entire life yeah now. exactly um but yeah like with the um with the American one, yeah, they saw the, they put the figure in front of me and they said, listen, we're booking your flight now. That flight got ended up getting cancelled. I was like, oh, this is not going to happen. Then they booked a flight again for me the next day. I flew yeah. to LA, flew to Fiji. I flew to LA, I was in, in LA for 10 hours, had to get a COVID vaccine. They said, you flew me to LA. They're like, right, you have to have this COVID vaccine. Yep. I was like, if I don't have the COVID vaccine, they'll fly me home. Literally, that's what that's how brutal it was. So then I, I, I'd lay over in LA for 10 hours and then I flew to Fiji. So I was about 30 hours on a plane. and Wow. Suddenly I'm walking to a villa the other side of the world. Yeah. That must have been the most surreal thing then. Because oh, obviously it's crazy, yeah. Like in that short spell in, for the UK one, it's kind of felt rushed a little bit, like how you got in there. But then to leave one yeah. villa and then jump straight into another know, one, yeah. that's mental. Has anyone yeah. done that before? Not straight away, no. There are people who have been on the show multiple times. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely a first doing not only two, but three in the same year. Three in a year, yeah. Three in a year, yeah. Um, that's definitely never been done before, I know that. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it's just, I've just had the wildest summer. Yeah. Like, was the American one better than the English one? Or the UK one? Um, the UK one's the one, like, when people ask me about it's Love Island, I talk it? about the UK one. Yeah. That's, that is Love Island to me. That's where Love Island started. That's where I was like open to everything. And the US one, obviously, this figure was involved. So I was like, right, I've got to go over there. I've got to got to go and make a sort of impact so yeah. i went in there with quite a bit of a personality yeah um you could go and just express yourself because it don't matter I if you was, leave within yeah, a week yeah i was you're I'm not, not trying to i end up leaving after about six days yeah. um just before the final yeah well you're not trying to overly impress either you're not going i've got to stay and yeah. i've got to play the game almost yeah How, do you because in the english one if you're getting paid weekly longevity is better for you yeah, I think in the in the UK one, you're just UK you're one. just embracing the experience. Like 
you know how big it is. You know how how big the show is, and like you know a lot of people are watching. Yeah, that's the, the sort of the, the, ori- pool, yeah. the original version. So yeah. you're like you're just embracing it for what it is. You're like I am on Love Island now. Like I've watched I've watched the show for many years before it. Yeah, and it's crazy because I almost like looked at previous seasons and I had a feeling that I was I was gonna go on one day. No I just had a feeling in my head. Yeah, so I like took the little things that people did and. Like that that worked, that worked, that worked. Do you know what I mean? So it was a crazy experience just be, being in there. And yeah. yeah, I had to embrace it. But yeah, the, the American one was different. I'd never watched American Love Island, so I didn't know what it was like. But yeah, yeah it seemed a little bit more chill. And yeah, there wasn't, you just sort of do what you want, really. Yeah. So, so then six laugh. days in there, you then yeah. come back home before you then go again. No, I stay in Fiji. Oh, right, okay. Stay in Fiji the whole time. That was the most, that was probably the most mentally draining and tough time of my entire life probably because I had five weeks in a hotel room bearing in mind in the UK one before you go into the villa you're in like a, a holding villa with a chaperone yeah. so you have someone to talk to before I went in between the US one and the thing called Love Island Games I was in five weeks in a hotel room there's no chaperone you're just you've got the hotel room to yourself you've got a balcony but mine didn't overlook the beach mine overlooked like a path that walked across so it wasn't great and yeah you obviously you've got your phone but you were 11 hours ahead. So as you're waking up, people are going to sleep. As yep. you're going to bed, people are waking up. Yep. Um, so there was, there was probably about two or three hours where I got a little bit of time to talk to people. So you're spending most of your day there on your phone. You're allowed one walk out or you're allowed out your hotel room once for like half an hour. Or Is that just to keep you si- just to make private? sure? Yeah, yeah, just to make sure we're not literally losing your head. Because imagine yep. you never left the hotel yeah, room for yeah. five weeks. Um, it's not isolation and COVID, that. Oh, Honestly, it was absolutely brutal. And I was like, I, I wanted to leave. I th- like, I wanted to leave three times, but I knew I was like, I've come this far. I was like, I had to do that one to earn the money as well. So It sounds like, so glamorous being able to stay in Fiji for five weeks. Oh, I know, in yeah. In reality, no, it's, it's yeah. just not. Oh, it's, yeah, like, I mean, it's such a first world problem that I'm complaining about. But yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was tough doing that, yeah. Yeah. What, what, did you manage to get, like, a PlayStation, Xbox in... No, like no, that. I never brought it over. I didn't think that would happen. Like, yep. I, I got told when it first happened, they were like, right, we can fly, because Fiji's only three hours from Australia. Like, well, you can go to Australia for two weeks in between. And then I come out the American one. I think I'd got a little bit further than they expected. I think they expected me to literally be in there two or three days, but right, I ended okay. up in there for six. And they were like, yeah, you've literally got like one, two days walk, like freedom of like walking out your hotel room. Yep. They took my room key off me didn't have a room key so if I walked out I couldn't get back in yeah. and there's security like patrolling all our rooms and, no way uh, was, so all the other contestants of that were in the same hotel in the same boat in the same hotel in the same boat so they had a whole system of people oh walking at certain God, times yeah, so yeah you, that's why we couldn't just go out whenever we wanted yeah I suppose um, yeah you can't make relations and yeah you can't but also there was a COVID thing as well there was yeah. a COVID bubble if you had COVID you couldn't go in the villa yeah but yeah so it was it was quite brutal but also they never did the US one like I did so they flew out two weeks later so they only had three weeks in holding some of them yeah. and some of them went in straight away so they were only in holding for a week and yeah yeah it was a tough period yeah crazy time yeah see since then then obviously uh have you put your football to a back burner or are you still interested in getting back involved in football i'm definitely still interested in getting back um i have done some training recently and i'm like my hands are still there it's yeah. uh i need to get my kicking back back going again yeah. i need i need a full pre-season i think yeah um so what like do you I've think you want to do next? Do you want to go into the media stuff or do you want to go back into football? I or want, try and I want to match? try and mix and match. Yeah, I want to try and do both because football is such like, an enjoyable... There's nothing like being in a changing room environment and winning yeah. a game. Like Nothing can replicate that. Um, so I do want to get back to it um, for next season now, but I, I'll need a full pre-season at it because seven months out of the game, like it time. takes a toll on you. Yeah, yeah, like I'd not... Up until last week or so, I'd not trained in seven months, like... I was catching a ball again. I was like, oh my God, like this is, I've not done this since Shelburne. Um, so yeah, like it's definitely set me back. But yeah, if I have a good full, uh, full pre-season at it, smash the gym, I think yeah, be all I right. get back to it. And yeah, I do want definitely want to get back to it at some point because I'm 23. Well, literally turned 23 yesterday. So yeah. I'm young for a goalkeeper. Like I've got years and years. So I'm yeah. like, there could possibly still be some sort of career, but even I could make it to the conference or... Yep. You never but, know, but absolutely on, smash it. On the flip it, side, yeah. you, your head must be a little bit turned with the media stuff and TV stuff because mm. obviously now with your fame and that that you've yeah. got, like there must be more opportunities to go on, come yeah. dine with me and Big Brother <laughs> and, 
You know, like dark things as it is, for, or celebs go dating, like yeah. these things must be now open to you, which were yeah, never before. Yeah, I'm sure they probably will be this year. There are a lot of TV shows that would be, and like I've yeah. had thoughts about moving out to America as well, moving out to LA. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's just like, did I do all this? Did I make all them mistakes off the pitch? Did I do, or did I have my success and failure? Do all that growing up to just retire like yeah. that? Because if I don't go back to it, I'm retired now. Yeah. Like I've retired at 22. Yep. Um, so that, that's the debate I've got in my head. I, yeah. do, I do miss the game. It and, just depends on how you now use yeah. the situation that you're in to your best advantage, yeah. doesn't it? Because if I did go for it, I would go for it. Like, yep. I will. I'm now in a, a space like with my head where I'm prepared to work as hard as possible. To, yeah. And not be a little. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot more opportunities now and a lot more understanding in football as well yeah. with the social media stuff yeah. and like obviously everyone's fame and that has grown more anyway yeah. in YouTube and yeah. obviously like if you could tie all of those things together and carry on like yeah. carry on and go back into a team I'm sure that there'll be loads of teams out there that would love to use your fame almost yeah and like tie it all in maybe yeah. getting you to run their own socials and like yeah. or a YouTube channel for them and making a, a big series out of it. Yeah, well possibly, yeah, like it's again I've not had anyone come to me with that. Yeah. Um I've I'm doing starting to go into my own sort of football stuff now, which I, yeah, I say, I say I'm looking at I'm trying, this is obviously my first football podcast, but I do want to talk about football like yeah. I watch every game of football like if I'm sat at home, I will put anything on. Yeah. Like I think the African Cup of Nations starts this week. I'll probably watch every game from yeah. that. And then I'll go and watch Luton v Burnley next or yeah. something. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like talking about football. Still and ever, it, now yeah. I have a platform where I can talk about it on camera yeah, yeah. and put some funny opinions across and put, also put some truthful opinions across. I, I wouldn't want to turn that down either. No, of course. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to speak to you about then, obviously I spoke to you about it off air, but the, the rise in your social media fame and TikTok and stuff mm. like that, do you feel like there's certain demands on you now to, to keep up with consistency and your appearances and stuff like that? Yeah, definitely, because obviously the people follow you because they want to see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, I probably haven't been as good on Instagram in terms of posting photos as I should have been recently, yep. um, but I'm, I'm going to get better yep. um, coming into this month now. But, but yeah, there's definitely... Well, I have clothing contracts where I have to post like four posts, four reels, three TikToks a month. Um, so it, like it has to be done in a certain time yeah, frame. Yeah. Is your so, media agent constantly like nudging you? Yeah, going, you uh, need to do this. You need to do that. She nudged me yesterday, actually. Yeah. yeah. So, I, but I've, I did go and get content yesterday. So I was I was around Manchester yesterday, just getting photos in different gear. Of yeah. The uh, the clothing brand I'm working with. So do you uh, find that hard? Because obviously you're not, not come me. from that. It's not you. But like, it's not in me. a football environment, you'd get like the Mickey taken out of you. Get nailed, you'd yeah. get nailed, wouldn't yeah. you? Like the banter would be flying, and all yeah. the pictures would be in all, every group chat that you're in. Yeah, but like, but now it's your world, now and you have world, to do yeah. it. Like, I've done adverts for the t like for yeah. this show, and like, you get yeah. more used to it the more you do yeah. it. But at first, you're like, I'm so this is so far at my comfort zone. Yeah, because even going on a uh, Love Island, you're still yourself. But when someone is going do this photo shoot and do this pose, yeah. it's so different. Oh, it's, it's like it's not me as a person doing this side of it. Going on Love Island and being a bit vain on TV, everyone who's ever met me would have said, yeah, it's probably a bit of Scott. <laughs> Suits but, him, yeah. but the actual, when it comes down to the photos and the reels and stuff like that and doing the TikToks, like it's not me. I yeah. just have a laugh on TikTok. I don't try and do any cringy stuff where yeah. I'm like playing with my hair or then again, actually, I did do one the other day kind of clothing, <laughs> so that's what I mean. <laughs> I'm having to get used to it. Yeah, yeah. But again, um, it's adapting to the, the role that you now have. Yeah. No, it, it, again, it's a very, very different role. But yeah. Coming back to the like the people giving you stick, I think I'd want to go back to football. I actually think I'd love some home fans, or if you're playing away, some home fans giving you giving you a bit of shit behind the goal. To be honest, yeah, um, I'm sure it'd be good fun as well. Yeah, yeah you'd have know, a good bit of banter. I think I'd have a good bit of banter with that. Um, and like for me, like I don't find going on the show embarrassing. Um, obviously, people are going to try and take the piss, and coming back into that world now, people yeah. are going to start making jokes. But that's what I mean. I think people more, are more understanding of it now. Yeah, uh, and it's a lot more. Uh, everyone's eyes are more open so that this is the world that we live in and social media is a, a huge plus now yeah. it's not it's not a negative and people want to know more about celebrities and football yeah. culture and stuff so being able to provide that even like this podcast is another platform for that yeah. so like I think people are so much more open to it where 10 years ago you'd have got absolutely crucified for yeah. oh you're too distracted and your attention's not there and you don't love it or you're not in it for like yeah. but like football has changed which is now yeah. hopefully should benefit 
Yeah, well, definitely. I, I think it definitely benefit benefited Shelburne when when I'd left there because I think a little bit of their decision to let me go. They were brilliant with me when I went on the show. By yeah. the way, that's I've been back to the club and go and see all see all of them. But it was probably like it can get a little bit of exposure. Like I put a TikTok up the other day. It's about seven hundred fifty thousand views on yeah. their TikTok page. Yeah, and yeah, I think I spoke about it on the show as well. I I was on. Did you see the first data and I came in? Yes, and I went. Um, I played for Shelburne in the League of Ireland, and yeah. she went, and the girl went Sherburne. Yeah, even that that went like sort viral, of yeah, sort yeah. of viral. Um, so that's again, it's helping the club yeah. that I'm with. Um, so yeah, it's it's yeah, it's definitely a big part of of today's society and today's game. Everything's on your phone these days. Exactly. So yeah, that's just the proof in the pudding of how it works. Nah, class. Uh, I hope you do get back in, mate. Like I, yeah. I still like even talking to you, you've yeah. still got loads more to give. Yeah, you can tell you've got passion still to to go out and play football and yeah, be a goalie. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Uh, before we finish, I always finish on this question. But what well, does the goalkeepers' union mean to you? I think the goalkeeper position's like a sport within a sport. Love that. And again, referring back to what I was saying about in the villa, the only people that understand that situation are the people that were in it with me. Being a goalkeeper is the exact same thing. The only people who understand about being a goalkeeper are goalkeepers. Yep. So yeah, it's just that constant sort of people to lean on who when you make an excuse or make a, make a mistake and you tell the reasons why the, and the gaffer's saying that's just an excuse load of shit all this other goalkeepers then understand it and it's just that it's that pillar that solid sort of foundation that you can always fall back on when, when things aren't going well yeah no class brilliant answer that mate we yeah. are we're, we're our own community we, yeah. we, are, we know love and understand all of each, yeah. each other but I think the name of the podcast is Brilliant. The amount of times I've shouted all them three words All as well. three words, every You're corner. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it came from. Right, uh, Scotty, thank you very much for coming in, mate. It's been an no absolute problem. joy, mate. I've actually, like, I'm going to go back and finish off your you series. Go, go, and that. go and have a look, yeah. Yeah, you got me, you got me hooked. Watch. My missus won't be happy, but yeah, you got me hooked, mate. <laughs> this has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Scotty, class guest, mate. Thank you very much, mate. What a save from Mark Howard. 